0: Hi this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Ditton Texas. This is our podcast and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Battle of the Mind. But the the worry, Matthew said there in chapter six, the worry is supposed to be for unbelievers. Not not for Christians, not for people who have a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills who's the great physician, who says with him, nothing's impossible tonight. Amen? So unbelief is something that should dominate the minds of unbelievers, but unbelief should not dominate. I didn't say it should never be there. doesn't mean it won't cross your mind, but unbelief and anxiety and fear and doubt should not dominate the minds of believers. Can I get a better amen? It's the truth. We should be dominating our minds with The godly things. And I don't have this in my notes tonight, but I want you to write this down and read it later. Romans 8, 26 and 27. But this part talks about who is carnally minded is dead. Who is spiritually minded is alive. And so just to start this off tonight about winning the battle of the mind, if we are carnally minded, then we're going to lose. We're going to be dead. We're going to have death thoughts and bad thoughts. But if we're spiritually minded... Then we're going to have godly thoughts and we're going to live. Now, Deuteronomy 30, I want to read quite a bit of scripture right here, just picking up in, in verse uh, 11. I want to read this. It's, a, it's a, such a powerful part of scripture. I'm going to get right into it to not t- take too much time. For this commandment which I command you today. How many know when the Bible commands, it's a command? That means he doesn't say, if you want to do this or if you think you should do this, it's a commandment. He said, and this, this is very interesting. He said, it's not too mysterious for you. In other words, I like to put it in my own words and say this isn't something that's rocket science. You don't have to have a degree to understand this. He says, nor is it too far off. In other words, it's not out of our reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, and listen, all that I'm reading here has to do with winning the battle of the mind. He's he's telling us here how to do it. He's saying winning the battle of the mind is not something up there in heaven that you can't reach it. Or it's not something so deep that that's, you gotta have a Ph.D. to understand it. He says it's not a mystery. He says, who will, or who will ascend into heaven for us and, and bring it to us, this answer, how to win the battle of the mind, that we may hear it and, and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will ever go over the sea for us and, and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. The word is very near you. It's in your hands right now. Hopefully it's in your hearts tonight. It's in your mouth, it says. It's in your heart. I could stop and preach the whole message right here on this verse. The word is in your mouth. Just to start this off, if you're not reading the word enough, then that might be a big reason you're losing the battle of the mind. I'm just going to start that off right there. If you come to me and tell me you're battling stuff in your mind and you're anxious and you're fearful and you're doubting and all those things, I'm going to tell you those are normal thoughts. But I'm going to also ask you, how much did you read the Word today? Oh, I got quiet in here. How much have you spent time reading God's Word? Is it in your heart? Is it in your mouth? Is it near you or is it near us when we need it? I, and, and a lot of times we don't go get it, when it when we, even when we need it. We, we go to the doctor or we go to the, to the neighbor or we go to someone else and, and, and instead of going to the word, and he's saying the, the word is right there, that it may be in your mouth and in your heart and that you would do it. I'm working on another message right now that talks about the simplicity of just being obedient. The the miracles that take place in a person's life when they're just obedient. Just do what God says to do. Can I get an amen? See, I've set before you. Now, this is so powerful. I have set before you today. God says all these things can take place. But I've set before you life and good, death and evil in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. This is for us today. But if your heart turns away so that you don't hear, And are drawn away by anxiety and fear and life and doubt and the things of this world, and worship other gods and serve them. I announce to you today, God said, This is not rocket science, that you shall surely perish. Or, in other words, if you don't perish, you're going to lose the battle. You shall not prolong your days in which the land, in the land, sorry, which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. Now, here's the summary right here in the last verse. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. I have set before you, again, life and death, blessing and cursing, and I've got this real big in my notes and real big in my Bible, and you should underline it right now and hyphen it and and highlight it and all those things, these next few words. He says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, and he says, therefore, choose life. What am I trying to say tonight? That your battle of your mind is won with your decisions. And it starts in the morning. We'll finish in just say it starts in the morning with the decision to turn the alarm clock on earlier than normal and get up out of bed and defeat your flesh and go spend some time with God and pray and read his word before the day starts and before you have to be at work or you have to mess with the kids or any of those things church i just want to ask you a question tonight because this is everything that has to do with winning the battle of the mind is there anything that can keep you from getting with the lord in the morning except you i don't care how many kids you have i don't care how how far you have to drive to work I don't care how hard your job is, you can get up earlier, set that alarm, and make a decision today, Wednesday, October 5th, tomorrow, Thursday, October 6th, Monday, October 3rd, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm choosing life today. I'm choosing that I'm going to win the battles in my mind because I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to spend time in His presence, and I'm not going to let the devil defeat me. I'm going to obey the commands of the Lord, and I'm going to choose life, and I'm going to win every single day. And then it says, then you and both your descendants will live, meaning you and those that come after you are going to live. Holy Spirit, anoint the words in my mouth tonight, I know this is going to help people. I know this is a a, a a message that needs to be preached often because, devil, you're a liar. And you're the father of all lies. And, Lord, we know that the devil knows what he's doing. He knows how to manipulate. He knows how to challenge. He knows how to tempt. But, Lord, we know tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit that he's under our feet and defeated. In Jesus' name, Lord, bring forth fruit tonight. Not only here in this service, but those watching online tonight. And we ask these things in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. amen. Jesus shows us how to do this. Let me ask you a question. Does God ever ask us to do something that he knows we can't do? No. He shows us how to do it. And then there's certain times in our life where we have to do it in his power. But the Bible says I can do all things Through Christ, that gives me strength. Now the devil, to not give him credit tonight, but to recognize who he is, how many know there's a difference? There's a difference between glorifying him and recognizing him, because if you don't recognize your enemy, you can't defeat it. You must understand that the devil, really, honestly, and truly, at his core, can truly only bark. He cannot truly do anything to us because we're protected by God and under the blood of Christ. But he can bark and he can yell and he can lie. And the Bible says he's such a good liar that he's the master liar. He's the father of all lies. If there's ever been a lie, it came from the devil. And not only is he a liar, we saw this on Sunday, he's also an accuser. Meaning he goes and, and talks to God and says, hey, they're messing up or, or they're doing this. Or he'll come to us and when we've confessed a sin and, and been forgiven. He'll say, you're not really forgiven. He's a liar. He's a manipulator. And, but, he, but listen closely. This is important to get this right off the bat. He only has as much power over you as you let him have. If you're being defeated constantly by the devil, it's not that you're being picked on, it's that you're not standing your ground and telling the devil where his place is, and his place is under your feet. And you need to tell the devil to get behind you. But you won't be able to do that if you don't have the word in your mouth. You you won't be able to do that if you don't speak scripture to Satan, because listen, Satan is not bothered by your intellect. Satan is not afraid of even your just your prayers. But there's one thing that Satan cannot resist and cannot handle and cannot be in the presence of, and that is the Word of God. When the Word of God is spoken, the devil has to flee. The Bible says if we resist him in James 4, he will flee. Many times, church, we don't resist him, we entertain him. I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just that we, it's what we do. And we have to get to a place, going back to Deuteronomy 30, where we make a decision every day, I choose life today. And you can't wake up tomorrow if you had a good day of victory today and say, okay, I had a good victory day, a victory yesterday, and today I'm just going to walk on that victory. You have to get up tomorrow morning and do it again. The victory has to be won every single day. The victory's already won in the heavenlies, but you have to declare it on this earth. Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to bring our lives here on this earth into submission to the word of God. Now watch this. We know this. Many of us know this, but we need to read it again. Jesus was tempted, and I said right before we read this, if you weren't here Sunday morning, at the 11 o'clock, I didn't say this in a 9, I want to say it again right now quickly because it was a real revelation to me. I was watching, uh, and I didn't, I'm almost positive I didn't say this in the 9 o'clock service, so you wouldn't have heard it. I, th- I think I said it at the altar call. I was watching a documentary by Lee Strobel who made Case for Christ, and it was about heaven, and it was called The Case for Heaven. Being honest, I I wasn't that moved by the whole thing. I thought The Case for Christ was amazing. This was not that great to me, in my opinion. Not that you can't go watch it, but I did get something out of it, and it was near the end when this man Lee Strobel interviewed Luis Palau. Luis Palau was the Latin American Hispanic Billy Graham, he did crusades humongous crusades all his life. I know being in Costa Rica, he, he made a huge impact in Costa Rica and Central America, South America, and, and he died, as far as I know, just like Billy Graham with a good reputation and his kids serving God, and, but he got cancer in this last, last year of his life, lung cancer. And the doctors told him he had six months to live. And so in this documentary, Lee Strobel is interviewing him and he says, what is the Lord showing you or what are you thinking or what are you feeling? What can you share with us as I interview you about your thoughts about death and eternity and all these things? And, and, and basically what Luis Palau said was that his, his, his heaven, his, his uh, eternity and his salvation and all these thoughts were attacked by the devil. Even someone who his entire life had served God, he felt inadequate. He felt unworthy. He felt like he wasn't good enough to go to heaven. And he said, But here's what I realized. And this is what we need to realize tonight. Not to glorify the enemy, but to recognize who he is. He is a bold enemy. The Bible calls him a lion, a roaring lion, as a matter of fact. And that's why I said he can roar but he can only bite if you let him but the bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour and the bible also says that he doesn't just come just to mess with you a little bit and put a little fear in you it says he comes to steal to kill and to destroy so you you don't you you first and foremost i'm trying to get you to understand how serious the battle is of your mind and so this Luis Palau said these words, and it, it just shook me and resonated with me, but it also was a, good, it was a good one. He said, the Lord showed me that if the devil had the audacity and boldness to tempt Jesus Christ himself being God, you don't think he's going to tempt us? And so what he was trying to say was, what, would I, what else would I expect in my last days of my life? that the devil's just going to let me go. No, he's going to come and lie to me. So I got good news and bad news for you tonight. I'm going to give you the bad news first. Satan's going to tempt you and mess with you until you breathe your last breath. He's never going to stop, and he's never going to give up, especially if you're doing something for God, so just recognize it. The good news is you can recognize it, and the good news is he's under our feet, and he's defeated, and he's only a roaring lion to those who give him power. Can I get an amen? So Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if, this is what the devil will always do, what if or if, he'll always throw these, this is what, this is the, this is what the foundation of anxiety is. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, 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 There's, the devil is a great ifer." He says, if you are the son of God. So he's not afraid or ashamed to tempt God himself and say, if you're God, how many knows he knows he's God? He was in heaven with him. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And he answered, how did he answer? It is written. Church, I want to challenge you guys tonight to stop answering your fear, doubt, and anxiety with ifs and buts and thoughts and start answering it with God's Word. Try that for a while. Let's try that. Because this is what Jesus did, and I think Jesus is a pretty good example. He's the best example. He says it is written. He didn't he didn't say, "Well, man, just get away from me." He said, "It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." He speaks the word of God to this devil. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels. Now, do you notice here, all of a sudden, the devil says, I know the Bible too. This is the problem today. We want to be overcomers, but we don't know the Bible. The devil does. So we're not fighting fire with fire. We're fighting fire with water that's ice that doesn't even exist because it's in the freezer. Amen? Did you all get that later? We got to fight fire with fire. We got to defeat the devil. When he comes at us with the word, we got to come back at him with the word. All of a sudden, he says, okay, God, Jesus, you're going to use the word? I know the word, too. He says he'll give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. And the devil said, hung around, and they drank coffee together and talked about Jesus' hunger and all the plans that Jesus had for the world, what happened? He left. If the devil sees a believer who knows, not not just understands or recites, but knows the Word of God, and not up here but here, the devil will go pick on somebody else. Are you listening to me? Don't you think that the devil, if he's like a roaring lion, I've seen some lions turn away from some elephants. I've seen some lions turn away from some animals that were not as big as lions because they, they came together as a group, and they said, not today. You're not eating me today. I might die on this field, but you're not killing me today, Mr. Lion. I'm going to rise up against you. And I've seen lions turn away we got to get to a place where we're bold and have faith, not in who we are or what we can do, but what God is and what his word says. We need to quote his word. Are y'all getting this? It's the word of God. It's the word of God, Jesus himself. I can't give you a better answer than what Jesus did. I am going to give you some more verses, but there's no better example. That means that when we're reading the Bible, we need, to we need, again, underline, write notes, uh, however you want to do it, to where when you go, ooh, that's going to be a good verse for the next time the devil comes and tries to tip me with something. That, that's a good one right there. And by the way, devil, I'm just going to tell you right now, listen to this verse, devil, just in case you come back at me later. Find those verses. Jesus was in the word. Now, we know he was the word, but remember he was a human being. He had to study the scriptures. He had to learn those things. And he did not defeat the devil with his power. He defeated the devil with his word. Amen? Now listen, let let me give you just a a little example before I move on of of how the devil works. How many know what a pickpocket is? How does a pickpocket work? See who raised their hand first. See if I got any in here. How does it work when somebody is going to pickpocket you? There has to be a what? A distraction. Now, in, in, in places where it's, where it's a plan, you know, you got someone walking down the street and they know your wallet's in the right back pocket, which you never should have your wallet in your back pocket, by the way. That's just a little nugget for you, especially men. It's horrible for your back and it's easy to steal. Put it in the front, it's not going to sit on it, it's not going to mess up your back. And you're going to at least have a fighting chance if they try to get it out of there. But if it's in your back pocket and you're walking down the street, that's the, thief, the first thief's going to hit your left shoulder and make you stumble and look at him while the pickpocket comes behind, grabs the wallet, and is gone. Right? Is that what a pickpocket is? That's, that's one of the ways I want to focus on tonight of how the devil works. He, he is a thief who creates, listen to this, mental distractions. He, he's cunning. He's, he's, he knows how to manipulate. He knows how to come in and take a truth and twist it. He did it in the garden. He said, "You surely you won't die if you eat of that tree. What, what God is really saying is if you eat of that tree, your eyes are going to be opened. So he's cunning. He's, he's deceitful. He's the master of distractions. Pay attention to this is important. So those when those Steves are looking for a way to decoy, here's a few things that the devil uses as decoys. Number one is the world. He uses the world as a decoy. He has all these things going on in the world. Sometimes we, not sometimes, a lot of times, and this has to do with a lot of social media, is we're watching the news and we're watching current events and we're watching things that are going on in this world and the devil is just watching us be distracted from the things that really matter and we're getting caught up in the world's decoy by Satan. Oh, I must be onto something there. We're presented with things that, for example, to entertain us, to enhance us, to satisfy us. We're spending time uh, chasing things. We're spending time, as we've mentioned much in the past, recently in the past, much time on things that don't give us any value, don't benefit us. I mean, if we spend, and I'm not going to take a long time on this, but if we spend 30 minutes on Instagram and three minutes in the Word of God, Which battle is going to be won that day? Let's just be honest. 30 minutes of Instagram or Facebook, three minutes of the word. Which which mind is going to dominate there? The carnal mind. The mind that's being fed by the news, that's being fed by entertainment. And so the devil is putting all these decoys out. And again, social media is one of the greatest decoys there are because it doesn't have to be a sin to be a decoy. If if let me let me just tell you this, if you get to the end of the week and you look back at your activity, which I would challenge you to do, and you've spent 3 hours on Instagram and you know you've spent a few minutes every day in the word, you can see where you're at. You can see what's dominating what. You can see who, who's winning the battle. So we, we have to win that battle because it's a real decoy. And it may not be anything sinful that you watched, but the devil will sit back and go, oh, man, he, he, they watched my stuff for like three hours, but God, they only spent like ten minutes with you. So they must love me more than they love you. Somebody give me a whistle there. What, what's, what's God going to do? I mean, what's the devil going to do? He's going he's gonna to tell it like it is. And what's God going to say? Well, I don't think so, but you got a good point. They spend a lot of time on that social media. They spend a lot of time doing other things, but they haven't spent a whole lot of time talking to me, spending time with me, reading my manual for their lives. They want to be overcomers. I know inside them, deep down inside, they want to be overcomers, but they don't come and seek how to be an overcomer from me. They want to have a good relationship with me, but they don't come spend time with me because they're so caught up in the world right now. And, and, and many times, church, the battle of the mind is lost there in the decoys. Satan camouflages his deceptions. Another one that he uses, another distraction is Fear. What is fear tonight? Who knows what the acronym of fear is? False evidence appearing real. That's the truth. It it looks like it's real, but it's fake. That's the what ifs. What if, what if, what if I lose my job? What if I get sick? What if my wife leaves me? What if my kids backslide? What if... Jesus comes back and I miss the rapture. What if, what if, what if, what if we spend all day, all week, all month in the what ifs? The devil loves it. He loves it. It's a distraction. Instead of going to God, our protector and our provider with our fears and our needs, as Jesse read at the offering, we are consumed by the economy, we're consumed by the price of gas. We're consumed by how everything is just going crazy in this world, and, and, and the devil's just right there hanging out, and sometimes he doesn't even have to make any noise or even do anything other than just kind of pushing our neck towards the world. Look. Just look over there. And it's a distraction. And while you're being distracted, he's working on you and your spouse and your kids and your house But church, he's not planning just a little bit of an attack. He wants to take you out. That's his ultimate goal. He wants to take you out. So these are things we have to watch for. Another one is, this is a big one, confusion. Confusion. He wants our minds so flooded with different ideas and we're being tossed around like in the sea. I, have you ever met somebody who does everything but does nothing at the same time? I mean, they're involved in everything. But they're really not doing anything. Did anybody have some people come to your mind just now? I mean, they're everywhere, they're in everything, they're doing everything. But they're not doing anything. They're just clouded by confusion. And if the devil can just have you looking all over the place, then you're not looking at the word. And you're going to lose that battle of the mind. I want to give you three key verses tonight. Three key verses. These, this will change. You might know some of them, but they'll change your life if you apply them. This is like the blood on Sunday. you got to apply it. It's not enough to just to know it. What does the Bible say in James? Don't be hearers of the word only but be doers of the word. What did that whole entire chapter of Deuteronomy say? Do it. Do it. Do it. I command you to do it. Go do it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. You, you, you're going to get tired of me probably at some point telling you, read your Bible. But once you start really reading your Bible, and once you start really getting up and spending some time with God in the morning, you're going to be amazed at how your day changes. And I, and I believe I'm speaking truth or I would have got more amens there, because it's hard to say amen if you're not doing it. Amen? So, don't get tired of us challenging you to read your Bible because this is how a Christian overcomes. How does an athlete get good at what they do? They practice. How does a singer get good at what they do? They sing. How does a person in their job excel and become a manager, a CEO, and get better at their job? They spend time in it. How does a Christian overcome? They practice the Word of God. They practice praying. They practice what the Word of God says. They put it into practice and they become good at it. And it's great that you're here tonight on a Wednesday night, but you're checking the box that you went to church isn't going to cut it. There's lots of people who are at church tonight, and thank God for it. But like I always tell you, what are you doing Thursday afternoon? What are you doing Saturday morning? What are you doing Sunday evening? Where, where's your, what's consuming you? What are you allowing to come in to your mind? Are you, are you battling the devil with the word, or are you battling the devil with the what-ifs? Are you allowing confusion in the world and fear to overcome you? Number one, key verse, number one, there's three things I want you to write down. Three things, three verses. I'm going to make it simple tonight. Control your thoughts. Do you realize tonight that you have control over your thoughts? Yes or no? If you don't, then who does? You have control. And remember, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So you cannot control what comes at you, but you control how you handle the thought. The devil's going to come at you, as again, with confusion and fear and the world and circumstances and all kinds of what-ifs and all these things. They're going to come. They're going to come. But we have the choice to control it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I could preach the whole message right here on this verse. Cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the word or the knowledge of God. The devil's going to attack the word. I, let me just give you an example real quick because I know some of you, some of you are going to catch this and maybe you haven't caught anything else yet. I just gave a testimony of Pastor Jesse being healed tonight. And I can be almost for sure, that th- not, by, not because you're a bad person, but I can be almost for sure some of you in here tonight thought, well, how come God didn't heal my husband? How come God didn't heal my uncle? How come I haven't seen that healing in my life? What if that healing doesn't happen to me? Ooh, that's not controlling our thoughts. When that thought went out, you had to say, "You know what? God's God. If He wants to heal Pastor Jesse, He'll heal Pastor Jesse. If He doesn't want, if He doesn't heal another pastor, that's another pastor. I'm not God. I'm not going to go to hell over a mystery. You control that thought." And I'm just using that as an example. Is it true or not that when somebody gives a testimony, there's two types of people? Those that rejoice and those that wish it was them. Come on, I'm being real, aren't I? Am I telling the truth? Two types of reactions. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful. I'm so happy as if he was my dad, my brother, my best friend. Thank God. Or, well, how come we didn't do it to someone I know? That's that's that. So you couldn't control tonight that I gave you a testimony, but you could control how you reacted. And. Don't feel condemned if you reacted the way I just said, because I feel like there were some people here that did. I just feel that. And not because you're bad, but because you legitimately don't understand why. God didn't heal your family member or your friend or, or maybe you're in a situation right now and you haven't gotten the results you're looking for. And so you're letting, so the devil just came, he wants to erase this whole message right here. He wants you to think about what God hasn't done in your life. Well, what if cancer comes back or what if that, I mean, do you realize how many thoughts come when we receive some kind of news? Thousands of thoughts a day. Can you control what the news comes? Can you control what the news says? No, but you can control that that dial. Well, that, that made me old right there. The remote control. <laughs> How long has it been since we used the dial? My Lord. Sounded good, though. You can control the remote off. You can control the phone down. Amen. That's what he's saying. These thoughts are going to come. You win the battle of the mind when you cast down the arguments and those things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And look at this bringing every thought into captivity. In other words, you grab it to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. And if one comes and goes and you didn't grab it, chase it down and get it. Get that thought under subjection to the word of God. I'm a child of God. I'm bought with the blood of Jesus. I'm forgiven. I'm going to heaven. God is on the throne. The devil is defeated. Jesus is greater than my situations. Greater is he that's in me than the devil that's in the world. I can't fix that situation. I can't do that thing over there. But I can take that thought captive, and I'm not going to let the what-ifs destroy my life. Especially over things that may never even come to pass. Every thought into obedience. So number one, control your thoughts. Number two. Here's the daily thing. Renew your mind. God doesn't waste verses. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He doesn't just, oh, this sounds like a good verse that they could talk about in 2022 and didn't on a Wednesday night. This will sound good. No. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't let this world dominate your mind. Like it wants to. But be transformed by the renewing. How I many know renewing is every day? Renew your mind every day. Again, don't go off today's victories tomorrow. Tomorrow, you got to get the victory again. Renew your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. Of God. Lord, I made some mistakes yesterday. Listen, I'm not even talking about sin. Lord, I let some thoughts get the best of me yesterday. Lord, I had some fearful thoughts. Lord, I had some anxiety yesterday. But this morning, as I wake up, I declare through your word that I'm not going to let those thoughts get me again. And when they come, I'm going to take them captive and bring them into the obedience of Jesus Christ. Every single day, every single thought. The mind is the devil's playground. It's the truth. But church, he can only have his way if we let him. You need to put a no trespassing sign outside your mind. And if he gets in, you need to do what a person does if someone breaks in. Take it by force and you kick him back out. And say, you don't belong here. Did you not see the sign? Don't come back. Amen. Take authority. Number three, the last one. Think right. Think right. How, do you, how are you going to think right? By reading the Bible. Faith comes by looking at Instagram. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If your faith is weak tonight, your reading of the word is weak. I can't, there's no, this can't be any clearer. You've got to read the word. And if your faith is weak even after you read the word, read it again. And if it's still weak, read it again. Read it until your body and your mind and your spirit feel strong and that you believe what that Bible says. And even if you still don't feel it, believe it because the Bible says the just shall live by faith and they, we, don't, we don't walk by sight. It's faith that's taking control of my thoughts, thinking right, Philippians 4, 7, and 8. This is a verse that you need to keep close by, close to your heart. Close to your mouth, close to your spirit, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace. But that peace won't come if you're not reading this word. And then it says, well, here's what you got to think on things that are true and noble and just and pure and lovely and things that are of good report. If you're sick and tired of seeing bad news, stop watching the news. How is it helping you? Turn it off and open up the good news because this thwarts all the bad news. Tell the person next to you, no matter what's going on in this world, Tell them we win. Tell them again, like you believe it. No matter what's going on in this world, we win. No matter what. It's a fixed fight. The devil's already defeated. Do we believe that tonight? But well, we gotta think on those things that are praiseworthy. He says, meditate. You know, meditation. Is a weird word because we kind of take it to, you know, to like yoga and all that stuff, but meditating is focusing on something. So today, we're either winning or losing the battle, not because we're bad people, but because we're focusing on the wrong things. He says, Find those things that are noble. Find those things that are just. Find those things that are pure and lovely and of good report. And I'm just going to ask you a question before I close. Are, are, are there a lot of those in this world? Not much. So if you're looking for love in all the wrong places, you're looking for those things in the wrong places. You're not going to find, you may every once in a while see some neat testimony on, but at nine out of ten is going to mess your spirit up. So garbage in, garbage out. Think good thoughts. Holy Spirit, this is a battle we can and we will win, and you'll help us. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. Lord, we're all guilty in some way or another of not running to your throne enough of not reading your word enough, of not exercising the faith that we have in who you are and what your word says tonight, Jesus. Lord, tonight we declare that we're not going to lose this battle of the mind anymore because we're going to get into your word. We're going to get into your presence. And Lord, where your presence, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And, Lord, it doesn't matter what this world throws at me because you told me that you never tempt me beyond what I could get out of. Lord, there's no temptation given unto man. Lord, that we can't have a way of escape. And that way of escape, God, is always your word. Your word is the last word. It's the first word. It's the middle word. It's the final word. It's the only word. Help us tonight. Give us revelation tonight that I've got to get into that word. I've got to get into this Bible, and I've got to find scriptures that are going to help me win these battles because it's not about my feelings. It's about your truth tonight, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your power. Thank you for your spirit that's in this place tonight. Listen closely. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place. Do you know him? Not do you know of him, but do you know him? Is he your savior? Is he your peace? Is he your lord? Is he your master? Or is he just a religious figure in your life? Do you know him as as master, lord, and savior? Would you say, Jesus, I'll die for you right now. I'd give my life for you right now. It's not my Will be done tonight, but your will be done, Lord. Lord, I die to myself and I die to my flesh and I die to my desires so that you can live in me. How many all over this place tonight would say, I have never died to myself and given my life to Jesus, but tonight I want to just lift up your hand all across this place. How many have said, I need Jesus tonight all across this congregation. I need Jesus quickly. I want to be saved tonight. I know there's some people watching online, listening on the podcast. Amen. Tonight the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Let's stand tonight all over this place. Maybe you're here and, and at some point in your life you said a prayer and said, Jesus, I believe in you. But tonight maybe you haven't been going to church, you haven't been reading your Bible, you haven't been praying You're not in a good place spiritually, and you need to rededicate your life. How many would say, that's me tonight. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray for you all over this place. We're going to say that prayer for those watching online tonight. We're going to say a salvation prayer. There could be somebody in another country watching right now. There could be another person sitting at their job right now. There could be a person right now thinking about taking their life because the things of this world have overcome them. But tonight, Jesus is showing you that you can defeat the enemy. By the word of God. All in this place tonight, if you're watching, we're going to say this prayer with you online or on the podcast before we dismiss and before we open up these altars. We want you to know that Jesus loves you tonight. And if you'll just call on his name right now, the Bible says you'll be saved. Say this with me, church. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. You're the way, the truth, and the life. I believe you're the door. Of salvation tonight I confess and I admit that I'm a sinner I fall short of your glory and I need a Savior you took my place on that cross and you died for me you who knew no sin became sin for me so I could be the righteousness of God forgive me tonight Cleanse me tonight. Change me as I put my faith in you. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. Have your way. From this day forward, I'm yours. And devil, you're defeated. You're under my feet. Jesus defeated you on the cross. And I am born again in Jesus' name.
1: Thanks again for listening.
0: If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.